It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's a, a sports, sports rush, rush with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, Time to take you home on this beautiful Tuesday. And of course, you can text us at the Perfect Sports Medicine text line at 46862 and tell me where you're grilling and what you're grilling tonight because you might have company. Uh, it's one of those uh, throw a little meat on the grill nights. Beautiful spring type day. See that groundhog was right. I shouldn't say anything. I'm going to jinx the whole thing. I should just <laughs> shut up now and forget about it. Announcers jinx. I don't want to be responsible when we have like six inches of snow in uh, late March. But <laughs> welcome to hour number two of the Sports Rush on a Tuesday. Your daily local sports fix four to six coming up. We'll be talking to trying men's basketball coach Brooks Miller. Also, I got to give you a strange connection between Lures and Norwell's opponents Saturday. I'll let you think about that for a moment. What could be the connection between Bishop Lures and Norwell's state championship game opponents this Saturday? Mm. Good time to remind you we've got your coverage of state championship basketball. As uh, we will be invading the state capitol, and Derek Decker has play-by-play of Bishop Lures versus Brownstown Central. And then it will be Josh Williams with all the play-by-play action of Norwell versus Gibson Southern. And you can hear both games right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM, presented by Parkview Sports Medicine. All right, so you've had a chance to think about it for a moment. Think about the connection between Lures and Norwell's opponents. First of all, for Lures taking on Brownstown Central, there's definitely a connection there because Brownstown Central is making just their second trip to the state championship. And the first trip, they lost. And who did they lose to? They lost to Bishop Lures. Oh. Final score, 59-46. And it was a game that was played in Fort Wayne, which Brownstown Central was not too happy about because for Bishop Lures, they basically <laughs> got to play in their hometown. Brownstown Central had the extra long drive coming from the south end of the state. Uh, but Lures got that win over Brownstown Central. The only other time that Brownstown Central has been to a state championship, of course, you know, they take on a Lures team that's got six state titles. Now, Norwell is going to be playing for a state championship against Gibson Southern. Gibson Southern is also making their second state championship appearance. That's not the strange connection. Brownstown Central, Gibson Southern, both coming in for their second state championship appearance. The connection is Gibson Southern's lone appearance was against Bishop Lures. Both Brownstown Central and Gibson Southern 
have only appeared in one prior state championship game, and both of them played Bishop Lures when they got there. For Browns, for uh, Gibson Southern, it actually was back in 2002, and they also lost to Lures in a state championship game. <laughs> what a connection. Yeah, so both teams have only been there once. Both teams took on Bishop Lures. Both teams went home as the state runner-up. <laughs> That's two of the six titles that Bishop Lures has won. Uh, so, yeah, it's... It's one of those uh, Twilight Zone type of moments. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we, uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and invite our caller. All right. You ready to uh, do a little t- Tuesday time capsule trivia? I'm ready. Uh, we're going to go caller number two today. We're, we're going to, you know, because I, yeah. cheaters will be cheaters. They'll jump in because they know. But uh, caller number two, 447-8500, you're going to be today's contestant on Tuesday time capsule trivia You'll get a chance to beat me. Uh, as I said during the break to Adam, I think I have hit my freshman wall. I was cruising, just having an outstanding year. And I think I've lost a couple in a row. So uh, it's not gone well for me over the last couple of weeks. So now might be the time to get me because I'm a little weary hitting that freshman wall. Uh, but we'll see if anybody wants to call in and take me on today in Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia when a large pizza, two pizza hut. Well, we mentioned Indiana State, and they finally hit the rankings. Finally hit the rankings. And what happens? They go out on their home court, packed house at Holman Center, and they get beat by Illinois State. Then they follow that up, going on the road to Southern Illinois. Lose again, 74-69. to Against Southern Illinois, they couldn't hit the three-pointer, just 28%. They had 16 turnovers. It wasn't the same Indiana State team that had gone on that run to take over first place in the Missouri Valley Conference. But Indiana State's back-to-back losses, not the worst situation in the state of Indiana. We mentioned yesterday, Butler has lost three of their last four. Indiana, they've lost six of their last eight. But they, but but uh, to make you feel better, Adam, they're right in the thick of it. Oh, that makes me feel better. Mike Woodson. They're right there in the thick of it. Oh, I have complete confidence now. Valparaiso has lost eight straight. You know, I went to Valparaiso. I do know that. I usually don't mention it when I'm talking about them losing eight straight. (laughs) Evansville has lost three straight. Ball State has lost three straight. IUPUI has lost eight straight. A lot of teams here in our state, college-wise, not having a real good February. Nope. Kind of a tough month. But uh, anyway, let's get to the phone call because we've got uh, we got to play some Tuesday time capsule trivia. I got to get this uh, streak turned around. So let's find out who is our contestant today. Who's this? This is RJ. RJ again. Keep the losing streak going. That's what I'm here to do. Uh, <laughs> now you, uh, I think you've been on. This is your third or fourth time, right? Oh yes. And you now, now aren't you the one that was one one and one against me? No, that was the other guy. Okay, the other guy. The other the guy. The other RJ. <laughs> like our, we just call everybody RJ that calls in. Uh, RJ, what what is your record against me? I I have a losing record, unfortunately. Oh man, what uh, what is that losing record, RJ? <laughs> have you kept track? I I did not keep track. It was so oh, bad. Okay, that's okay. RJ's zero and four. Uh, all right, so RJ. <laughs> uh, you know how it works. You know the rules. So Adam, let's get this thing started. 
It's time for Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia on the Sports Rush. RJ sounds defeated already. <laughs> no, you know, no, he I... came in. He came in real confident, but when I asked him his record, you could just <laughs> you, you could just feel the air go right out of RJ. I believe in RJ. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's start off with clue number one, guys. The 13th Amateur Radio Direction Finding World Championship was held in Primorsko, Bulgaria, in this year, guys. Oh. Okay, now the first thing, RJ, is Adam should give us the clues in English. I don't know what he yeah. just said. What was? I, I mean, I don't yeah, even know what he said. Do you want to? You want to play or pass, RJ? I'll play. Um, nineteen ninety-five. Well, at least I get to guess this week. <laughs> yeah. Last week. Last oh, week. Man. I don't know how he did it, but he took it on the first one. Um, I will say um, oh, 1979. <laughs> yeah, I'm just throwing a hair out there. <laughs> All right, clue number two. This year's Tri-Nations Rugby Tournament culminates in Australia's 16-12 to win over New Zealand in the final. This will be Brett first. Uh, same part of the uh, region of the world with Australia and New Zealand. Of course, that's the heart of of rugby absolutely all right let's uh let's go ahead and go with um i'll go with 1999 not gonna party like it's 1999 today not today rj what do you got um 1990 all right clue number three this will be rj first the university of florida wins its first ever ncaa basketball title in this year Defeating UCLA seventy three to fifty seven. RJ first. Nineteen ninety six. Brett, um, I'm trying to think and place myself in a certain position and situation. I will say uh, that that's. I don't think he's too far off. Um, I I will go with nineteen ninety seven. All right, we're going to clue number four. This will be Brett first. Barry Bonds hits his 715th career home run in a 6-3 home loss to the Rockies, passing Babe Ruth for second place on the career list in this year, Brett. Now, if I miss this, I'm going to be leaving the door open and RJ's going to steal this one away from me. Because I'm saying that that was 1999. Oh, no. Oh, no. RJ? 2006. Oh, yes. I, 2006. I thought it or 99. No, man. But, yeah, RJ, you win, man. You're, yes, on the, sir. you're in the winning column that, now. That's right. Keep uh, that I, losing streak going. I told, go, Brett. I, I told you I've hit the wall, man. <laughs> oh, I, it's man. my freshman wall. It's like I'm taking the same shots. They're just coming up empty. A little bit short from distance for me right now. <laughs> RJ, congratulations. You know how it works. You. You've got to stay on the line, and Adam will yes. get your information to get you your large pizza to Pizza Hut. Thanks for playing Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. All right. Thanks. Yep, that uh, that's RJ. He's.
pretty proud now. He's got a win against me, so we won't have to hear from RJ for a while. Uh, he'll he'll enjoy this victory. Uh, so anyway, coming up on the other side of the break, we got to talk about trying men's basketball. You know, they have quietly up there in the northeast corner of our state just torn it up this year. What is it? Twenty two and three? Is that what it is, Adam? Mm-hmm. 22 and 3 on the year. Yeah, 22 and 3. Yeah, and they're going to be heading into their conference tournament. They get a bye, but they're going to be playing later this week. And if you haven't been to the MCI Center, you've missed out on one of the great basketball facilities we have in our region of the state. But we'll talk to Brooks Miller, their head coach, when we come back. It's a sports rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump, Adam Lundy, and joining us now on our Sports Rush guest line, we talked about it before the break, that we've got to give this team some recognition. Uh, Tucked up there in Angola, Trine University, men's basketball, a terrific season. They're 22-3, and and they're set for their MIAA tournament semifinal, which is coming up uh, on Friday, and uh, still to determine who they're going to play but the head coach joins us right now on our guest line, Brooks Miller. Coach, uh, welcome to the program. Hey, Brett. Thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate it. And, of course, 22-3. and three. Even if you've got talent, it is tough to go that kind of uh, one-loss record through a 25-game season. What's been the key to your team? Well, we have a lot of older guys this year. Uh, it's, it's a very mature group. We, we were actually fortunate enough last year. We were 22-3. and three at this time going into the conference tournament. So I think we all learned a lot from that. We lost the first round of our conference tournament last year. So didn't really sit all that great with us. Uh, but I think we've learned a lot through the, uh, through the year this year. Uh, Brent Cox is a fifth-year senior for us from Kendallville, uh, from East Noble High School, and, and having an excellent year. He was an all-conference player again this year. He's a three-time all-conference player. But my favorite thing about Brent is in his five years here, we're, we're, five, we're four wins away now from 100 for his career, which I just think is an absolutely <laughs> remarkable stat uh, for any college athlete um, to be able to, to get to that 100-win mark. So that's one of our goals internally, obviously. But uh, it's a mature group. We've added a couple of transfers. Uh, Cortez Garland's a fifth-year guy, a grad transfer, and his brother Fred have been significant impacts. So it's just been a great group to work with. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. We just, you know, you got to, everything changes when you're winning. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact whether you come out on top of the scoreboard or you don't, you still got to keep getting better each day. So I always remind the guys that, Hey, no matter whether that shot would have went in or not, and you win by one or you lose by one, it doesn't change what we need to do today. And and our focus right now today at practice was getting better and and being prepared for whoever we play uh, in the semifinal. Well, I look at your stats, and uh, stats sometimes don't tell the whole story, but at least they send you in the right direction. When I look at your team scoring about 80 points per game, but only giving up around 66, 67 points per game, what area are you proudest of? Does this team uh, lock in defensively on a nightly basis, or is it a team that can really score? Uh, We create a lot of turnovers in the half court, so we've been pretty enjoyable to watch, I think, this year. We get a lot of high-percentage shots in transition. Uh, Emmanuel Magnanglo, uh, for us, is a senior, a true senior, but he's got another year of eligibility. He's probably the best defensive player in the country. He's averaging over three and a half blocks a game, and I think we're averaging as a team over 13 steals a game. So blocks and steals are like runouts, so you have opportunities to really get out and transition and go. I think as a team, we're averaging over five blocks. So those are there's anywhere between 17 and 18 opportunities for us a game to get to the ball to the rim or to get a step-in open jump shot. So I think that's something that we do really well. Offensively,
offensively, probably the most thing I'm proud of is our ability to share the basketball. Uh, we have five all-conference players on this team, uh, both Garland brothers. Brent's been an all-conference player. Emmanuel's an all-conference player. Uh, this year, Aiden Smiley uh, was, was named to the second team, uh, all MIAA. And our ability, I think we're first or second in the league in assists. We share the ball really, really well. And that was the thing we really locked into. How many things can we do together? We have a motion-style offense, so we don't have plays. Uh, we, we look at, you know, getting the ball out of our hands quickly and really trying to attack after reversals or paint touches. And then defensively, we keep the ball out of the middle. So there is a, a unique set of rotations we have. And to everything, you know, there's places guys got to be, and they got to be on the same page. So we worked really hard at putting this team together, adding some new guys to the rotation uh, with our experienced guys. So I'm probably the most proud of how they've come together and really stay together as a team. Uh, I find it kind of interesting when I look at your home uh, one-loss record, and I believe you only lost one home game all year. And if I'm not mistaken, was that the final game of the season? It was. It was last Saturday. So us and Kelvin, are, uh, we've been ranked in the top five all year. We were ranked up as high as number two in the country, and Kelvin was ranked as high as number one. So we, we beat them at their place back in January uh, in a game I think we won by three uh, at the not really at the buzzer, but a game that we won in a close game. And then we had them here on Saturday in one of the best college games I've ever been a part of, and I've been fortunate to coach at almost every level of college basketball, Division One, Division Two, and now Division Three in, in junior college in the past. It was just a high-level game. Um, I know a lot of your listeners are familiar with Grace and the, the year they're having oh, yeah. over there at Grace. I think the two best small college big men are right here in northeast Indiana. Uh, Emmanuel McNanglo is just, he's just so much fun to watch for us, the plays he makes defensively and the finishes he can have around the rim. And I, I know the young man from Prairie Heights is, is having a great career over there at Grace. So if you want to watch really good big guys play, you don't have to go too far. Uh, so it's uh, we just it was a tough loss, but I think we've learned from that. We we did clinch a share of our conference championship with Calvin, so that was uh, one of our goals. And we are hosting this tournament coming up this weekend, so we're still the number one seed in the MIAA tournament, ah. and that's uh, that's a uh, you know a big step in the right direction. We're headed into the NCAA tournament the following weekend. Well, absolutely, and of course it'll be right there uh, at Trine University coming up this Friday, uh, scheduled to play at seven thirty. What has it meant to the program to have that type of facility? I would imagine that uh, it certainly has been a boost to recruiting, and it also has to be a thrill for kids to play in that building, especially when you get the kind of crowd that you had last uh, last weekend against Calvin. Yeah, you know, the, the community really supports us. Uh, the one thing that's really special about the MTI Center, it's a basketball-only facility, so we don't have to share it with other sports like volleyball, uh, wrestling or anything like that. And that's not a knock on those other sports, but what it does, it allows our players to develop. Uh, something that I'm really proud of here at Trine is we have not lost a rotation player to the, trans- to the transfer portal in over five seasons. So the guys that have played for us have stayed, and they've gotten better, and they've really improved. And they've been able to do that because of the facility and the leadership we have here at Trine that, that Dr. Brooks started and, and Dr. Shannon has now taken over as the university president. But it's a belief in the development and the support we get from the community, that home court advantage. We had 2,700 people here. Uh, we've been in the top three in attendance in Division Three the last uh, the last two seasons, and this year is not going to be any different. So it's just it's an unbelievable atmosphere when our players are a part of that and they know they can come in here during the day and work on their game in season or out of season it really helps them develop and it's just a real special resource for our student athletes one thing with the guys that stay in the program is you also don't have to recruit quite as many but 
I wonder what that challenge is to try to find a a player that kind of fits in between a couple of cracks at Division Three, and you can get them to come to Trine. You also want to find a player that fits with your system and your style. How difficult is that? What's the process for you in recruiting your next players? Well, it's, it's a challenge. I think it's, recruiting is a challenge anywhere you go. But the one thing we have at Trine is we have something to offer you for your dollars. So when you're going to the, you know, if you're going to buy a new vehicle, you got an opportunity to invest in something that can really improve your life when it comes to safety, when it comes to style, whatever it may be. And I don't think it's any different when you're choosing an education. Um, a lot of the NAIA programs we compete with, they're not all full scholarship programs. There's a lot of those kids that are on uh, partial scholarships. So even though it may cost a little bit less to go to an NAIA program than it is to try, and a lot of times not much less, you see what you're investing in. You see that you get one of the top facilities to really improve your game um, and be the resources that we have here at trying to get be the best you can be. And it's like that out in the classroom as well. If you get on campus, the, the, the SDI Center that we have of engineering, uh, Steel Dynamics Incorporated, that, what they've invested into our community, um, the, the Kentner School of Business, the, everything that's been done here is just a first-class operation. So I think when we get people on campus and they see it, it's amazing. I can't tell. 95 to uh, 90, 90 95% of the time, everybody says, wow, I never thought it was like this. And we just got to get them there. You know, the name change we had a few years back, uh, a lot of people are still becoming more familiar with Trine, but we've become such a staple in our community now and really across the Midwest to be one of the fastest-growing private schools. And I think that's what we have to offer at Trine that's really unique is that investment into the student-athlete or the student that really separates us from everybody else at whatever level. I know you uh, are scheduled to play at home this Friday night, and then uh, if successful and advancing through the tournament, when would the next round be? Uh, so we would play the next day on Saturday. We play Saturday evening at seven thirty if we get to win. But try not to uh, try not to look too far ahead, as you know. Uh, we've been we've been the four seed in this tournament before and beat the number one team. So we're, we we understand that every, every game presents its own challenges, and we're trying to take one day at a time. I know that's cliche, but it's amazing what happens when you get out ahead of your skis. Uh, you fall quite often, so we really try to try to lock into one day. How do we get better? And, and tonight we'll know. Adrian and Elma play each other at Elma College up in Michigan, and we, we will find out uh, who our opponent will be on Friday night in that semifinal round. Coaches don't like to look ahead, but fans do. That might you know might want to come up and check <laughs> out a game. So appreciate right. that, Coach. And uh, best of luck. Congrats on a great season so far. And go ahead and make that uh, tourney run. We know where the final destination could be, and we hope you're one of the teams that's here playing at the Coliseum. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about our, our university and our young men. That is Brooks Miller, head coach, men's basketball up at Trine University. You been to a game up there? I have not. I've, I've seen some some great pictures of the, the facilities, but I haven't made it up. Unbelievable facility. Uh, I mean, the, the last gym that they had, I don't even think was air-conditioned. Uh, and so, like, summer camps and things like that, oh. when you'd go up there, yeah, it'd be like suffocating inside. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, air conditioning is not a problem for a winter sport. And I think when they built it, they just kind of figured, well, this will be used for winter sports. And so you don't need to worry about the air conditioning. But, uh, man, that new building is just absolutely awesome. And it is a 22-3 and record for trying this year. And they'll be playing this Friday, 730, at the MTI Center right there in Angola. Got to take a time out. We're going to come back. Plenty more here on the Sports Rush, including what are the Colts going to do with Michael Pittman? It's decision time. Tag or no tag, 
You're it. We'll talk about it next right here on the Sports Rush at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Parkview Sports Medicine, text line 46862. Questions, comments, or suggestions. We'd love to hear from you on this Tuesday afternoon. Coming up tonight, we've got Fox Sports Radio. How about that? No Mastodon's Coaches Show tonight. We had conflicts with the coaches. Of course, women's basketball coach Mary Marcasano, they're traveling to Northern Kentucky. They'll take on the Norse. Another big Horizon League game. The Norse have really played well of late. Yeah, and I feel like every game right now is really important in the Horizon League for these Lady Dons. You just want to get yourself in the right position and um, and get in that top four where you get the bye and you get the home game, and then you get yourself down to Indianapolis and you take your shot. And, uh, you know, for Maria Marcasano, the program isn't where it's going to be. One thing... It's kind of interesting with the women's program. Maria Marcasano comes in and takes over, and she's actually got a fairly young group that uh, she didn't kick a bunch of players to the curb. She developed the players that were here that were recruited under the previous coach. So you've got players like Shayla Sellers and Amelia Bromenchenko um, and uh, Audra Emerson, players that have been here for a couple of years. Ryan Ott is another. She's out right now injured, but... Um, you've got players that she has developed, but there's been very little opening as far as recruiting her own players into the program. And that's where you'll really see the growth of this program overall is when you can take talented players that were talented because you, you developed them into talented players versus starting with higher level talented players that you then can develop. So the program is honestly just about to skyrocket because i think next year she'll be able to bring in three four players at least and uh and then the then the future you know remember she kept she kept like two or three scholarships open this year she just decided there wasn't the right player the right fit the right mix she had a veteran lineup where she wasn't going to play a real deep bench because she already knew who her core seven or eight players were going to be. She had a couple of freshmen that she thought could earn some court time, and they have. And so she didn't want to bring in players just to have them sit on the bench. She felt like she could wait and sit on those scholarships and go use them in the portal or use them on another freshman. But uh, she put them in her back pocket and held on to them. A lot of coaches don't do that. They got open scholarships. They want to bring in players. They want players. And this roster only had 12 players. And then it dealt with injuries this year, which is one of the reasons when they've had a little bit of a struggle, it's been because they've been shorthanded. But, you know, they've won a couple games where two or three of their top players were out. They had illness, they had injury, and they still came up with wins. So it's just impressive what she's done. 17-10 and 10, heading to Northern Kentucky for tomorrow night. Yeah, 17 wins is actually the most for the program since the 2010-2011 season. So it's just a really impressive uh, for Maria Marcasano. So it is time now. The franchise tag window officially open, and now the Colts have to make a decision on what to do with Michael Pittman Jr. And reports are that the Colts are hesitant to put the franchise tag label on him. The Colts have always been hesitant to tag anyone. In fact, I think the last player that they did tag was a punter, <laughs> uh, so, uh, and a punter isn't going to cost you all that much to, to put on the franchise tag, but, no. but the point is, um, 
they they don't want to spend the money and it's probably a smart move now it does put pressure on you to try to get a deal done with michael Pittman jr but you've also got to determine he might be a number one to you but he might be a number two to someone else the problem you're going to have is if somebody else finds the or believes that michael Pittman's worthy of number one money because then you could be outbid and then it's a decision for michael Pittman jr where does he want to be and where does he want to play i think Michael Pittman Jr. is a really good number two receiver. And I say number two not because I don't think he's capable of being the best receiver on the field on a given day, but number two because your number one has to be the guy that is the explosive playmaker, the guy that can burn you deep, the guy, you know, a Debo Samuel type, you know, uh, uh, you know that's the type of guy, Tyreek Hill type, uh, a guy who is a threat to make a big play, a 75-yard catch on any down. And I don't think that's Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's the reliable guy that you can find and go to and trust when you need a a first down on third and five or third and six. But he's not the guy that you drop back and let him win a one-on-one battle on a sprint down the middle of the field. Uh, that's That's not his strength. That's why I don't think you could call him a number one, even though he might be your best receiver. He's not your number one receiver. If you want a number one, you've got to find a guy that's a vertical threat. And Alec Pierce can be a vertical threat, but he's not anywhere near being a number one receiver. And so... uh you know, that's the challenge. If you're going to pay for the number one receiver, right now, number one receiver money is $20 million plus. Michael Pittman is probably going to need to get close to $20 million. And the Colts have paid their own quite well, maybe even overpaid on guys that were defensive linemen, offensive linemen, particularly left guards. And you tie up a lot of your salary cap and your offensive and defensive line. And then you've got to to pay a skill player. And because of the market and those guys being in higher demand than offensive linemen, the Colts have really handicapped themselves. Because too much of the percentage of the salary cap is going to positions that aren't as highly valued around the league. So when the Colts need to compete on a position that is highly valued around the league, like wide receiver, it makes it more difficult for the Colts to be highly competitive. But uh, I I don't know that the Colts have a choice because they have no plan B. If they lose Pittman, now they don't have a number one or number two. They got to go find both of those guys. And if there's three agents you're going after, it's probably going to tie up more money than if you just pay Michael Pittman on the franchise tag for a year. And maybe it delays getting that second receiver for a year. I Maybe you draft that receiver. But, um, you know, and, and does Brock Bowers make up for not having a true number one wide receiver? Is he going to be good enough that you can balance the passing game with a great tight end and a and a good wideout that's a reliable wideout in Michael Pittman. I mean, Michael Pittman's going to come to play. Michael Pittman's not going to have a lot of drops. He's also going to be a guy that runs a trusted route seven, eight to ten yards down the field. In other words, if it's supposed to be a ten-yard out, 
the quarterback can trust that Pittman's going to get to the sideline 10 yards down the field, and you can trust that, and you can throw it to a spot. Yeah, I for some reason, I just always kind of view Pittman as, I know he's obviously a wide receiver, but I just always kind of see him as almost like a tight end. Is, is that weird? Just big. Yeah, he's I mean, he's big. a big wide receiver. And he doesn't do anything super, like you said, super speedy, super dynamic. It's just very reliable, very... Can't use him in the run game. No. Uh, you can use him in the screen game because of his size. You get him outside on smaller corners, and you can hope that he can overpower them for a three, four-yard gain. But he's not going to be... He's not going to be the guy you set up the screen and you get one or two blocks and he's gone. Yeah, no, nothing like that. Not that kind of guy. <laughs> but he's the kind of guy that if you need a third or let's say it's second down and three and you just want to move the chains. Great play is to run the screen to Pittman because generally falling forward, he can get two and a half yards. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, it, but I think in my mind, a number one receiver has to be a vertical threat, has to be that guy that the defense always kind of gives a look and maybe even takes a step or two back. And I think that would be very complimentary to Michael Pittman. I think Pittman would have a better year if you've got the guy that provides the deep pressure so safeties can't cheat up on Michael Pittman Jr. It would give him more space to operate on the 10 to 15-yard route because safeties are going to be dropping, protecting over the top against a vertical threat. Right now, the Colts don't necessarily have that. Harris Campbell was a vertical threat, but he couldn't stay healthy or on the field, and eventually they had to part ways with Paris Campbell. Now you've got Alec Pierce. He, too, has been oft injured. Uh, He's got the drops. At times when he does get open deep, he doesn't make the catch. And so the Colts certainly have an opening for an upgrade at wide receiver. But you can't let Pittman leave and then get that guy because you're only replacing Pittman and you're not making your football team better and you're losing a good guy in the locker room. I don't think anybody's going to say. I mean, Michael Pittman had to handle that whole situation last year with uh, Jonathan Taylor. And remember, he was in the same position as Jonathan Taylor. And he kept his mouth shut, didn't cause a problem in the locker room, And I think you reward a guy like that. And if it's going to mean put him on franchise tag, costing you an extra five or six million this year, that's chump change in the NFL. Now, you do have to be concerned about where your overall cap number is. And part of that is because you were the ones that decided Quentin Nelson was a $20 million offensive guard. And he's probably paid $8 million more per year than he should be. But, uh, but no, I uh, I certainly and you've got it. And here here's the other thing: the reason this is the time you can franchise tag a wide receiver is because you got a quarterback on rookie money. You don't have the thirty million dollars tied up at quarterback. That does help, and so that gives you a little bit of a freedom in the salary cap overall, where you can justify using a franchise tag on Michael Pittman Jr. Are you overpaying for him? Absolutely. But do you have to make sure to keep him if you're going to upgrade the overall position group? I think so. I, I don't think you want him to get away. And then the best one that's left on your roster is Alec Pierce. I mean, you're basically building your wide receiver group from scratch. And you have no, no chemistry, no relationship at all with Anthony Richardson. At least Pittman and Richardson had a chance to work together a little bit last year. Before Anthony Richardson got hurt. 
I, I just don't think the Colts have a choice. They've got to make the long-term deal, and if the long-term deal can't happen, boom, plant the tag on 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 Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, and Pittman, I don't think he'd be dramatic if they did franchise tag him. He's talked to the media and said he'd be agreeable to it. I mean, he said he didn't wouldn't he wouldn't love it, but he said he'd be agreeable to it. So I don't think it would cause any drama between the two sides. Four six eight six two is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Don't forget that you can always access the show. Anything you missed, we had Coach Kaufman in hour one. We had Brooks Miller in hour two. Coaches of Purdue Fort Wayne and Trine. And if you want to catch up on anything I had to say in between, you can always do that because we've got the podcast available each and every day shortly after the show ends. You can find it by going to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and then searching for The Sports Rush with Brett Rump. When you find it, make sure you subscribe, you follow, you like, you review, you rate. I mean, do all those fine things and take good care of us <laughs> um, because we work hard to get that support. But... You can find it easily. You can listen to every day's show. It's always there. Just find it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Also, you make sure you stream us any day, any time, any place. I don't want to hear excuses that you can't hear the show today because I'm going to be at basketball practice, Ryan. Come on, Ryan. Little ear pod, that's what they make them for. <laughs> Go to practice, listen to the broadcast. In fact, uh, I was just talking to somebody earlier today. In fact, it was Joel here in the office, and uh, I was talking to him. He's got a friend who said his friend listens to 10 hours of sports talk every single day. Oh, man. Doesn't miss anything from Caleb and Kenny in the morning all the way through our show. Awesome. Listens every single day. And uh, he works in a factory. But if you see him working with his little ear pods in, that's because while he's working in the factory, he's locking it into sports talk. Doesn't miss anything we say. That's awesome. Shout out to all the workers out there working yep. hard, listening to the sports rush. So uh, I don't want to mention his name. No. Because, uh, because then he would know that he was the subject of a discussion at work today. And I don't want to put that em embarrassment on him. But the point is you can always take us wherever you go because we are streaming. We're available on your mobile device. We're available through your PC. We're even available through Alexa. Uh, all you've got to do is listen to 1380 The Fan uh, on any uh, particular player, or you can just go to 1380thefan.com, simply click us through the browser and uh, listen for free. It's also available on the 1380 The Fan app. All right, we got to take a break, come back, wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Sports Rush. That's next on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is Purdue Fort Wayne men's basketball coach John Coffin. And you're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Go Dons. Kind of crazy that nobody's playing games this week. What's going on with our schedule? You know, usually we have so many conflicts that we've got to sort through each week. Here we've got a Tuesday night, no live game tonight. So if you're a fan of The Odd Couple, tonight's your night. Tomorrow night, we got hockey. No hockey. So there's nothing tomorrow night. As far as I know. Thursday night, though, we've got the high school coaches show heading your way at 6 o'clock. Yeah. And then we've got Purdue Rutgers. They'll tip it off at 7 o'clock right after the high school coaches show. Got that right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Not a bad day today. Got a lot of sunshine. We're looking out the windows, enjoying uh, a beautiful sunset. Coming back tomorrow... My last show of the week on a hump day. 
Skipping early. I know. I got to travel to Green Bay, where normally everybody could make fun of me because it'll be like 20 below. Not this time. Not today. Yeah, not this time. Uh, big thanks, though, to John Kaufman, men's basketball coach, Purdue Fort Wayne, also the coach at Trine, Brooks Miller. Have a great Tuesday night. This has been the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.